It's been a long time since I filled out a 1040 easy form. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. you got yeah. you got to have the tools. This is the one and only, the original podcast where you can find yours and your business's true value. You're listening to Our Value. Brought to you by America's insulation source, IDI Distributors. You want to hear from the best contractors, suppliers, and consultants that dedicate themselves to more than just survival in the business world? Industry professionals that are dedicated to excellence in every aspect of their business? Our Value has them all here to share that same motivation and knowledge with you. Tune in and grow a more successful, profitable, educated, and recognized business. Listen to the Our Value podcast to become the industry leader in your market. Find your value with Our Value. Welcome back, those of you, to the R-Value Podcast. And if you don't know him from the last time, you should go back and listen to the five reasons insulation companies often fail. But I have with me Joe Arrigo. Joe, how are you today? Hey, Ken. It's so good to be with you and the IDI folks today. I'm really uh, looking forward to talking about business success this week. This is going to be a good one. We are talking about the five. Joe, is it five or you got more than five? You know me, Ken. I I, uh, I struggle to constrain it to five topics, but I think the uh, the topics that I've got here about business success all fi- fall in line with what we talked about last time in the differentiating things that differentiate successful insulation contractors uh, from the average insulation contractor. Perfect. Well, guys, with that, we're going to jump right in. So, what's your number one for success? You know, the number one thing is, first of all, to me is, is you know, I, I, I couldn't keep it to five here, Ken, to be honest with you, but the number one thing is creating it. <laughs> so, Good. You know, those that know me will know that I, I, I struggle to keep it that short. But uh, the one, the first thing is to create a culture um, because, you know, our inventory is our most expensive thing, but our people are our most valued our labor, our, our, our employees. So I think creating a culture within your business that recognizes employees, you know, creates the correct atmosphere, whether you consider that a family atmosphere or just one that, that uh, employees feel valued and that they know that they're important to the company's success and that they respect, you know, uh, coworkers and, and leaders in that business. So I, I would say that the successful side of contractors create a culture because that minimizes turnover, high job satisfaction, and uh, it really pays huge dividends to the owner to you know create that culture. I would agree with that. I think you get less injuries, less theft, more uh, dedication and commitment. Um, culture really is one of the keys to any business, not necessarily construction, but, you know, if you care about people, then they're going to care about you. They're, they're going to go up and down. People fail. We're, we're designed to fail, but I, I think if you truly love them, you treat them like family, you're, you're just so much better off. So I totally agree. What, what's your, uh, what's your number two? Um, my number two piece of advice is to look for talent everywhere. I think, you know, people don't, uh, draw pictures in kindergarten saying, Hey, I want to be an insulation installer, just like my dad, you know, they're, they're, they're saying, I want to be a doctor, a nurse, or a fireman or a policeman or something else. Maybe that, that, that is a little more publicly glamorous, but, 
And so I, I say, look for talent everywhere. If you look, when you think about the waiter or waitress that takes care of you in a, in, in a restaurant, if you think about the customer service you achieve, uh, if you get customer excellence, for example, at a, at, at an automotive dealership or something like that, you know, when, if you have an excellent salesperson that handles your account, you know, just, just look for talent everywhere because honestly, people aren't knocking on our doors to do what it is we do. And, uh, Sometimes recruiting from outside our industry is the only way that you're going to get the right level of talent. Wouldn't it be funny if the next time you went into the local Red Lobster, the manager came up and said, hey, don't take any more of my people. At that point, you know, everyone there that feels like there's a good job out there is telling people in the restaurant about you. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, anything that minimizes employee turnover, you know, I think some people... Some owners will have the uh, attitude, you know, an old school attitude of, hey, you know, I don't want to invest a lot in training because I have high employee turnover or turnover and they're going to go to my competitor. You know, I struggle with that because that's telling me the contractor saying I'd rather have unskilled or untrained people because then they're not as attractive to a competitor to come in and poach or whatever. I, I, I struggle with that because I think the investment in training and the personal and professional growth in your employees is extremely important. And yeah, you know, somebody's going to leave you and maybe they go to a competitor, but I'd rather have trained employees that are really well-skilled and, and, and informed versus having a bunch of untrained or unskilled people that other people aren't, aren't necessarily looking for. Well, and when you talk about look for talent everywhere, you you just never know. You you may wind up training someone on, you know, what we got into, which was building science, and all of a sudden you've got someone that's out there selling sound walls. You know, we're talking an installer, but yet they go out on a project and they sell the sound walls. They sell a better air sealing package. And what a benefit that would be to have on a job site, you know, somebody with a 5,000 square foot home being built, you know, on a couple acres in town and the owner comes in and they're seeing the insulation go in and the guy turns to him and says, Hey, you know, for this reason, you should do this. Well, we want to do that. Well, you should tell the builder, tell him while I'm here, I'll do it today. You know, you just never know who you might light on fire by truly uh, appreciating the talent that you have. Yeah. I think on residential construction, oftentimes, you know, we deal with the general contractor that's, that's building the building and we don't necessarily interact with the homeowner or occupant of the, of the building to find out how they live in their house and what, you know, maybe, uh, you know, junior likes, you know, some music like rap or something that's not, uh, you know, your cup of tea and you think about, Hey, you know, we can do some sound insulation here, or you see that they have a home theater and maybe the wife works, uh, as a, you know, NICU nurse or something at night and the rest of the family's up during the day, you know, things like that. When we know how an occupant, uh, intends to live in their building, we can oftentimes make very, uh, cost, you know, you know, price things that are very affordable 
but have a huge impact in the quality of, of the life and acoustical quality. You know, your house is your castle and more and more of us are spending more and more uh, time in our home than we ever dreamt. You know, I mean, I'm talking to you from my home office, for example, and, and uh, you know, never dreamt that I'd spend as much time on a Zoom meeting or in my home office as I have in the last year and a half. So, you know, just thinking about things like that, how we operate in our on our buildings, oftentimes leads us to suggest things that will make an improvement. And they don't have to be really expensive improvements. And they can make a big impact on the quality of, of uh, you know, the perceived value that, that the, the general contractor ends up getting credit for, really. I like it. So what's next on your good list? Well... A good list is is kind of a good habit. I, I see that, um, you know, in order to do what we say about job costing every job and, and things like that, it either increases overhead because you've got to have human resource uh, assets doing that, you know, uh, for you in the office probably. But I, I find the best contractors are using a software to help them run their business. I mean, they, accounting software, you know, handles your accounts payable, your accounts receivable, and your payroll and some things like that. But you know, insulation contractor software like, you know, Bidit that IDI has has spent a lot of money and time investing and, and done a great job of getting that up and off the ground. You know, I look at software as being the guardrails on the highway. It's not going to run your business for you. It's not going to solve all your problems, but it's probably going to keep you from running off the road because there are certain key things you've got to input into that software to get your work orders, which is really what we're after, right? We want to dispatch that installer quickly, efficiently. We want to get our proposals to the contractor. And once we've won the bid, you know, so those, those things we've got to put in there. Well, once we put those things in the software, now we know what all our estimated costs are. All we have to do is count our inventory as it's returned and input that into the computer. And all of a sudden, guess what? I get magically what estimator is most accurate, what installers uh, productivity looks like, how many feet did they install in a day? How many, you know, how much of a set did they install in a day uh, on the spray foam side of it? You know, uh, it just gives us a world of opportunity and it gives us the data that I, that I'm saying we really need to, to have. I totally agree, Joe. The fact is, if you're not using software to run a business, um, you're you're kind of in the dark ages. There's there's no other business that operates that way. Uh, you know, whether it be a restaurant or a, a store of any kind. And the truth is, I mean, I said it before. You there was a time when you could succeed at this by accident, but today. Everything moves so fast between the texts that you're getting, messages that come in online. Hopefully, you're doing retrofit and online business and getting higher margin work. But then you've got your ordering, then you've got your inventory, you've got your forecasting, you've got your job costing. By the time you look at all of the hats an owner needs to wear, you know, if you've got even two rigs, you're going to be forgetting to call people back. And then you wake up at three o'clock in the morning. Oh, I never called. Susan back. Susan has moved on and quite frankly, feels like you're a contractor that didn't want her business. You know, it's, it's that kind of world that we live in today. I need software on my phone that says, Hey, you're supposed to call so-and-so I needed a reminder for our podcast. You know, it's just, we've got to place things around us to your point, guardrails. 
And you mentioned Bidit. Bidit is a great way to do that. What I like about Bidit and what IDI did with that is that they allowed insulators to help drive the build of the software. Some of the ones I used in the past or attempted to use were really, you know, I could have been putting up drywall. The the software would have been the same. It it was not built toward my business. So I, I think that's a good point. Yeah, if you're if you're a software programmer developer, right? Um there's only so many insulation contractors in the United States. It's not like Microsoft Word or Excel where there's millions and millions of of customers that are going to use it. So um, you got to have a product that's flexible enough that other trades would be attracted and use it. Now the, the difference with Bidit, and I know it's, you know, still it's somewhat in its, its infancy, but it is driven by our industry and the input. The interesting thing is um, the more contractors that get on that software and give input and feedback, I think talking to Chris Novogratz and Joe Novogratz, I think the more incentive they have to continue to invest you know, their money in improving that product and in investing in, in the next version of that product so that it gets better and better and better. And it is very specific only to our industry, right? It's, it's very, it's only driven by our industry and it doesn't have to be flexible because quite frankly, you guys aren't trying to sell this software to drywall contractors and landscapers and other things. Right. So, so I think, uh, you know, is, as more people get on it, I think that, uh, you know, this was a big investment on IDI's part, but it was a generous investment to our industry, honestly, just simply because it is specific to our industry. It doesn't generate revenue, but it generates profitable business. I, I know plenty of businesses that are growing. The question is, do they know if they're growing profitably? If you don't, you know, make a commitment to crunching these numbers or using a software product, yeah, you're growing. Yeah, you're busier than you've ever been. You got more work. You maybe have more installers and more equipment. But are you more profitable? That's the big yeah. question. I think that's a great answer. I've, I've worked with many a contractor that, you know, tell them, well, what if we did this? Well, how much did I bid you last time? This. Well, add $200. You know, it, you you just don't know unless you're able to track and manage and then go back and do the math. Well, so, the other thing is that, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're looking at price increases, depending on what products you're looking at price increases that are happening, uh, you know, in some of our insulation products quarterly. And if you're not um, inputting those changes in costs into your uh, bidding process, right, you're, you're behind the, t- you're, you're already behind. So you're losing, you know, 8% margin on every single job. If you haven't you know, said, Hey, I I know that I had a a price increase effective January 10th, you know, on this product and you're not getting that into the computer early as you can so that the work that you're bidding, which means you're going to do it in 60 or 90 days, realistically as an insulation contractor, you know, your, your numbers are already wrong. So software, you know, it can, this business can be run on Excel or number two pencil and a big chief notepad, but it just depends on, how much time or how many resources do you have that, that, you know, software saves me money. Honestly, it saves me money because if, if I use software, 
you know, it's not that I want to put somebody out of a job, but, but software, you know, as long as I put good data in, I'm going to get good data out versus I'm going to have to have someone in my office crunching these numbers, you know, constantly. Um, and you're going to have to pay for that. So you have to pay for it one way or the other, honestly. Yep. It's been a long time since I filled out a 1040 easy form. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> yeah. you gotta, yeah. you gotta have the tools. So what, what's your other one? I mentioned it earlier. It's, it's the difference between selling their work and proposing it. You know, you know, my example, I said, you know, having to pay a premium to ensure supply in this unprecedented time and to complete work for your contractors is, is the message that I think insulation contractors should be having with their general contractors. You know, the fact that their price accurately reflects the current market and materials and the conditions that we're in, but we're navigating the supply and labor issues in a manner that's going to keep our customers, which is usually the general contractors, you know, project moving forward in a timely fashion. And that's worth being paid and it's worth being paid a premium in today's market. And that's, what's going to drive profitability. It's going to allow you to start to say, okay, maybe we can't say yes to every contractor. Let's cut off three or four, you know, builders that are constantly, uh, you know, high maintenance or slow pay or whatever the, whatever it is that you're going to say is the least attractive customer to you, but you're basing it on data like profitability and, um, you know, how much resources you can deploy and stay profitable. So you got to sell it and you've got to communicate that. And you can't do that via email. You can't just send somebody a proposal or bid, you know, via email, because honestly, one, is it really truly apples and apples? We're relying on the general contractor to say, oh, yeah, it's apples and apples. They're always going to tell you it's apples and apples. Uh, they're never going to get down to the fact that maybe, you know, you chose an R15 and somebody else chose, a, you know, an R19. And the, the general contractor might say, well, R19 is a higher R value, you know, but in some markets, R15 might cost you more than R19. So uh, depending on the type of construction, sticking an R19 in a two-by-four wall, you end up with an R13 anyway. So you really are not meeting code. So there's all these little things that we should be looking at, but it gets down to selling the work and communicating the value versus just hitting the send button, which is proposing or bidding work. I like it. And I'll finish mine. Um, to add to that, I would say... Any good business, um, you know, I, I go into a restaurant, they're going to try and sell me a drink and a dessert. They're going to lean toward their margins. You've got to look for higher margin work. You've got to look where the market's going, but you've got to be digital. So I'm looking at a, an approach of if I'm going to find higher margin work, that means selling the add-ons to builders. That means looking for retrofits, following where the government's going, looking for any incentives locally and aiming for Mrs. Jones, my favorite retrofit customer, and whatever business needs their business to be in a healthier, better building. I think between all that and what we've covered, Joe, that that is a mountain. Um, Joe, this, this has been fantastic. I, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate the, the time and, and the thought that you've put into this today. And, you know, I just look forward to some of the next podcasts we're going to do again, you know, I want to make sure we do bidding. I want to make sure that we do job costing, but also let's uh, get into scheduling and recruiting and some of the other things as well. And, and I look forward to doing that with you, Joe. 
I do too, Ken. I, I really appreciate you guys asking me to, to be on the podcast. I mean, as you know, I'm very passionate about family owned and operated businesses, that independent insulation contractor. These are the good times as no matter how much we might as a business owner be pulling our hair out and struggling with, uh, you know, inventory, supply, trucks, labor, all these things. Honestly, we're going to look back at this and remember these are the good times when we're in a sold out market, when housing starts were very high. And um, so we need to, you know, take the opportunity to make smart investments, to deploy our resources wisely, and to build a nest egg that moving forward is going to allow us to weather the storm when, when this market changes. Because the market's always changing. Um, hopefully it doesn't change, you know, for the, for the worst for quite a long time for us, but, uh, being prepared now is, is, uh, this is the good time. So I, I really, uh, I really look forward to helping installation contractors and, and IDI has done a great job of, of really doing all kinds of training and education all over the, the country. So thank you. Well, there you have it, guys. Went through a lot of information today. Hopefully this helps. If you like it, share the podcast with other people. And we look forward to being in front of you next time on the R-Value Podcast. Podcast.